Now, can I back into your revenue? 350 customers, 20 bucks a month. You're doing about 7K in MRR today. Yeah, something like that. Okay. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Luke Feeney. He's the co-founder of Terminus DB, the leading open source graph database. Before joining the business, uh, Luke worked in the Irish Foreign Ministry for a number of years. He was Ireland's acting ambassador to Greece from 2016 to 2017. Luke, you ready to take us to the top? Born ready. Yeah, your cool factor went up a ton over the past decade. You went from politician to SaaS founder. <laughs> well, that depends on your perspective, man. <laughs> That's an accurate statement. All right, tell us, tell us about Terminus. Where'd you get the idea? So Terminus is spin out from university. We were, uh, my brother was a researcher, uh, a PhD researcher in, in, in computer science in Trinity. And they had a idea around building a very collaborative sort of data structure database and, and, and spun out from there. It, it kind of came from this very big project called uh, the Global History Data Bank, which is trying to record all of the social and political data sets from all of human history and then provide them in a machine-readable format so people can do kind of predictive analytics on history. And so trying to look at the past and then get long jury trends into the future. So one of the big ones was the rise of political violence in the United States uh, recently. So um, the academic lead made a prediction back in 2010 that there'd be a big uptick in political violence in the United States in 2020, 2021. So he kind of caught that trend pretty well. Now, he didn't call the pandemic, but he was able to pick that stuff out from well-structured, large data that you're able to run machine analytics on. And, and really so when you say academic spin-out, most people, they poo-poo on academic spin-outs because usually university keeps a ridiculously high percentage relative to the value they're going to add to the company over the years. So how did you manage the spin-out? How much equity does the university still own? Yeah, so, so like, and that's a big problem in Europe as compared to the United States. So Stanford, for example, has gone very progressive on that. So they let them spin out and then expect them to give the money back just in terms of like, you know, you're a billion dollar company, give us a few million there for an endowment. Whereas Europeans are much more, let's get our 10%. Uh, so we, we had a negotiation, we got them down to about 4%. That's about oh, wow. 2% now. That's fine. They still create value for us. We talk about our link to them. We run events on Trinity. You know, they're a big center of innovation. They help us in some international business development as well, a little bit here and there. So, so I think it's a good deal uh, all around. Interesting. Okay, that sounds like a great mix. So, so the university's on the cap table on day one. You're on the cap table on day one. I think who else? Your brother. Yeah. So there's three founders, my brother and another PhD researcher uh, who, who spun out a guy called Gavin Mendel Gleason. He's the CTO. We, we took a seed round directly out of university uh, at a bridge from a bridge fund. So it's specifically designed for softer terms. For companies what year was that? that? Trying to, it, it's called the University Bridge Fund. No, what year was that? Oh, that year was 2018. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, 2018. So yeah, so they're like, it's like softer terms to try and get companies to spin out. So the Irish yep. government backs it with a bunch of other institutions. It's professionally managed by a VC called Atlantic Bridge. And they look for companies mostly I'd say in the med tech world, 
But also, so, so how, much, how much did you raise in that round? We raised 1.25. Got it. Okay. And, and when you say like fluffy terms, so 1.25 seed in the US, usually you're going to sit at like a six to 10 yeah. million cap on a convertible note. Is that kind of what you got? No, no, no. I mean, fluffy for, uh, for, for Ireland. I'm afraid, I'm I afraid see. Our, our VCs aren't as enlightened as yours. I see. I see. Okay. So what were the just generic high level terms and 1.25 so, on what? So, so it's about like, it's about a valuation about 3.5 off that, or okay. maybe a little bit more than that. Post so money bad. or pre? Yeah, that's pre. Yeah. So not, not too okay. bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're selling 20, 20, 20% of business about. Yeah, exactly. So we, yeah. we were happy enough with that, given what we've seen elsewhere in Europe and, um, you know, our, our valuations and, and back then valuations weren't quite as heavy as they are now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And certainly European valuations are a significant discount to, to US still. You've raised some more, but before we get your full funding story, let's take a step back just for a second. Sure. Tell me about the customers. Who, who are paying you right now to use the technology? So we're focused on software developers. Like we are developer tooling. So we're trying to go bottom up. We're trying to attract software engineers to use it, to bring it into businesses. And there's a real range of different sorts of software engineers working in, you know, MarTech, AdTech, uh, working in research, working in a bunch of different areas like that. But it's very, very much a bottom-up strategy. So when you say bottom-up, Luke, are you talking like average customer, average software developer paying like 20, 30 bucks a month sort of deal? Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I see. And then trying to expand it into more seats, expand it into more usage, paper usage models then. So at what point, like, you know, I've interviewed maybe dozens is an accurate statement of, of founders that decide to go bottoms up. And the biggest pain point I've heard, this surprises a lot of people, is the moment when there's four or five people in one organization that are personally paying for the software and you want to move it to one company credit card that the CTO is buying a seven seat license for. That's the hardest pain. Expensify had this problem. Others have the problem. How, how do you think about that? Yeah, it is a big problem. Um, and how do you join that all together? I mean, it's kind of a nice problem to have because it's a growing pain. It shows that you're oh, becoming great. relevant across the organization rather than just relevant to an individual. So like we, we try and do a sandwich strategy then. So then start approaching the CTO to say what the value is and then try and bring it through as being a more enterprise sale at that point. Like when we came out of university first, we were very much an enterprise sort of company. We tried to do large-scale graph installations to solve big enterprise problems like, you know, predicting how many how much stock you need to have in your physical warehouse. So we have enterprise sales chops. We just felt that it was going too slow. We weren't going to be able to get the growth targets that we were looking for going with that strategy. So we shifted to open source and bottom up just to try and um, give us that that potential runway to grow to be something really big rather than what was becoming a kind of consultancy, you know, case by case. And so, so we can do the enterprise sales and we can prove our value top down. We just need the engineers to start using it to show the management, you know, why they should, why they need it. And how many software developers are paying you today for the platform? So we have about 700 people up on the cloud version, but we have about 700,000 downloads of our open source version as well. Wait, that's a and ton. So, 700 developers are paying you for the technology right now. Well, paying or you know, a, a small amount, some of them are paying. I, I'd say about 50% of those are paying customers and about 50% are on the free tier in the cloud. That's still great. Okay. So when do they have to upgrade? How much do you give away for free? What's the utility metric they hit where they go, I got to go start paying 20 bucks a month? Um, so it's the number of people uh, using a team. So basically okay. you hit three on the team and then you got to go up to uh, pay. I see. Interesting. So it's kinda, okay. 
it's like a it's like a little bit of a slack model there yeah okay so just to repeat um you said you've got seven seven hundred thousand downloads of the open source uh, platform 700 folks using you actively of which yeah. 350 are paying yeah Wow. How did you, this whole model, I mean, you look at Sid at GitLab and there's a couple other companies right now that started on top of open source projects then commercialize, you know, they contribute back to the open source project to keep the community healthy and robust. Do you have to spend a lot of time thinking about not pissing off the community as you commercialize and charge for stuff? Not really. Um, I mean, we're fully open source now. So basically we, we, we sell a hosted version of the open source software. We don't have enterprise features that aren't available in the open source right now. So really it's oh, a matter see. of convenience for I software see. developers. So it's usually like, hey, I'm already working for a big company. They're willing to pay for, for software. Why would I go about, you know, containerizing a Docker, getting it up in the cloud, doing all that DevOps work when I can just get this endpoint and get the exact same results anyway. I see. And people I are see. very used to that sort of you know, process. So it doesn't really, it's not like we're competing one or the other. It's a choice that people can make. I mean, yeah. I think maybe if we get a bit bigger and we start layering on more enterprise features, that could become an issue. But again, it's a, it's a nice problem to have. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. Now, can I back into your revenue, 350 customers, 20 bucks a month, you're doing about 7K in MRR today? Yeah, something like that. Okay. And if you're there around there today, where were you about a year ago so we can calculate growth? Yeah, well, that's an interesting one because it, we, we're a little bit higher than 7K okay. because we have a bunch of enterprise customers on top of that as well. Um, so we do some individual enterprise installations. Some of them are a hangover from our past direct enterprise sales. So, um, you know, we were about... 10k and now we're about 20k so we've done about 100 oh, percent growth. Here that's great growth yeah that's great yeah. growth um very interesting okay now now fill out the funding story for us so you did the sure. 1.25 pre-seed at a 3.5 pre you have you raised more since then or no yeah so we did a seed then uh, with volta ventures in the lead they're a dutch uh, vc um and we raised about 3.5 total uh, off okay. evaluation of about 10 pre 10 10.5 pre Okay, got it. So just to be sorry, just to repeat that back to you, you raised 1.25, you raised 3.5 total to date. So you did 2 million on a 10 pre recently. No, we did a further 3.5. Oh, another 3.5. Got it. Yeah. On it on a 10 pre, right? So that, okay, good. So you're selling, I mean, you're selling, what is that? Uh, 15-ish percent, 10% of the business? 15%. Yeah. 15%. Yeah. That's not horrible. Okay. So that's not why you said the university it's never comfortable though, as you know, never come. I know. I mean, it's a, it's tough though. It's a balance. I mean, if you guys are going to play a long-term game, which it sounds like you've got the, the, the open source metrics to support, you know, the next GitLab sort of story, you know, you go for it, you know, it's managing dilution is a tough thing. 
Yeah, it really is. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. You're kind of, you know, how ambitious can we be? How ambitious do you feel that you can be versus, oh my God, I just love some revenue because it would allow me not to sell so much of the business. That's Um, exactly right. If you try and, you know, if you try and go too hard for revenue too early, it's, you're just never going to get to the bigger dream. That's right. Yeah. And so much of it is a personal decision of the founders. I mean, I mean, tons of founders that could go for the big thing, but they don't want to take the time to raise capital. They're already doing 3 million a year with 1 million in profits and they pay themselves all the profits. So like, that's a pretty good life, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's tough absolutely. Balance. It's good life. But you're, you're playing the fundraising game though fairly well, right? I mean, if you're doing 20 grand a month right now in revenue, what is that? That's, you know, two, 240 a year. So what you're, I mean, you guys got a pretty healthy multiple there, 14 yeah. post. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we're doing okay. I mean, we, we will be looking to raise a big chunk more if we're going to grow the business in the way that we want to. Um, what do you think I mean, you have so to hit revenue-wise before you do a formal Series A? Well, that, that's a really good question, you know, because we're would be more... If you said to me, I could get an extra thousand developers up on the platform building really interesting things versus another 100K uh, in revenue, I'd choose the thousand, re- thousand developers building on the platform because yep. it shows that it's got real life to grow. It shows that people are trying to build new and exciting um, applications that they're then selling on. Um, yep. and, and I think that's when you know you get into that Series A, can I just show potential for um, you know how much we could grow and how many people we have using the platform versus how much do I have to show that we've already done? Yep. Um, and that'll become a big question for us about uh, which one of those we're, we're really pushing as the metric for the Series A round. And my yeah. hope is that I'd be saying, you know, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer because we've got 10,000 people building on the platform. And those 10,000 people, even if only 10% of them hit real value, we're, we're going to be, you know, huge. How and many individual people... Yeah. How, how many... I'm trying to quantify that. How many individual developers contributed at least one line of code in the past 30 days? So in the open source, so we 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 we're not that many. Now that those okay. are, so so it's it's as a data platform that people are really contributing. So they're hosting their data on the platform. They're using it. They're opening their databases on a minute by minute basis, hour by hour basis. They're building applications that are solving real business challenges out in the world. And that's really what we want to see is that they're using the platform as a back end for whatever they're building. I see. How many folks are full time on the team today? Twelve, uh, thirteen. And how many engineers? Uh, almost all engineers. So there's 11 engineers. Oh, wow. And you're in Dublin. Out of curiosity, what's this, what's the senior developer going for these days in, in Dublin? Yeah, well, until you guys sent Stripe over to us, it was a lot cheaper. I mean, <laughs> I, I see on these boards on Reddit that Stripe are paying 350K for mid-range engineers. I mean, that's wow. madness in Ireland. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's expensive. But you can definitely pick up real value out there as long as you're, you know, you know, you're you're shopping in a different market in a sense, because you are talking to people that want to do something more than just you know be a cubicle within Meta. Uh, they want to give something back. They want to contribute to open source. They want to dream of a of a better future. Um, and really, as long as you can pay enough, so you know, paying hundred k that sort of thing, um, then uh, y- you can do it. Luke, on that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, my favorite business book is um, uh, Crossing the Chasm. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? 
yes, there is a CEO that I'm following or studying. I, I, I suppose I'd say I'll say Bill Gates. Okay, fair enough. Number two is there, uh, what's your favorite online tool for building Terminus? Oh, our favorite online tool for building Terminus is, uh, well, we use Notion a lot. Okay, fair. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I get eight hours. I'm solid. Very good. Did you get more? Did you get more sleep as a politician or more sleep as a software founder? Software, because I, <laughs> I because I started to read about everybody's obsession with sleep and realized that I should be getting more. That's hysterical. I have four okay. kids as well, Nathan. So eight hours is amazing. Wow. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So four kids. So you're married with four kids? Yeah. How, and how old are you? I'm uh, 42. Four, wow. Okay. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Something I wish I knew as 20. Jesus, so much. The share price of Apple. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Luke Feeney with Terminus DB, politician turned SaaS founder. They launched back in call it 2018 with a $1.25 million seed round of 3.5 pre-money valuation. They've since grown revenue from 10,000 bucks a month about a year ago to 20,000 bucks a month today. A combination of bottoms up approach plus some enterprise deals. Over 700,000 downloads of their open source protocol. 700 actively using it. 350 are paying 20 bucks a month on average. Just raised a 3.5 seed round at a 10.5 pre-money valuation. 13 on the team over there in Dublin as they look to continue to scale. Luke, thanks for taking us to the top. Cheers.